Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 522nd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment, uh, typically by AP Stedham, but he is covering SEC Media Days down in Nashville, so he will be unable to make it uh, for today's show, but I'm sure we'll have lots of good stuff for next week's show. My highlight of the week was Carlos Alcarez defeating and dethroning Novak Djokovic in a riveting five-set Wimbledon final yesterday just outside London. And it perhaps is ushering in a new era in men's tennis. As we all know, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, and of course Djokovic have pretty much dominated this sport in recent years. And... Uh, Alcarez is no stranger. He won the U S open already. He was ranked number one in the world, but, uh, and everybody was highly anticipating this match, myself included. And, uh, but you, you, you had to just believe Jokovic was going to get it done. Uh, given his recent domination, uh, tiebreaker expertise, I think it had been, Forever since he had lost a tiebreaker, all those things uh, going, you know, to build his lead as the biggest winner in all time in majors. Uh, you just had to uh, make him the favorite, which of course he was. But everybody was excited for this final because Alcarez was a worthy opponent and turned out to be more than worthy when he won. Uh, again, it was one of the great finals uh, ever. Uh, I think it was maybe the fourth longest, just shy of five hours. Uh, and Alcarez, you know, won in the fifth set. I think it was 6-4. And uh, I was surprised as I watched that Jokovic was making so many unforced errors, uh, meaning he was hitting the ball into the net. That's just something I hardly ever remember him doing. Um, uh, but all credit to Alcaraz for, uh, you, you know, forcing the unforced error, shall we say. And, you know, he was uh, uh, clearly a man on a mission, no doubt about it. Uh, just a classic case of the, of the young buck coming up and, uh, and you know, beating uh, 
the old champ. And so it just felt like, you know, Jokovic pretty much had the stage by himself once Nadal and Federer had exited the scene due to injury, retirement, what have you. And, uh, and I think all of us were just wondering how long will his domination go on? And it just really truly felt like, you know, the one person out there that might, uh, you know, that might give him the most trouble would be Alcarez. And that's exactly how it turned out. Uh, the young Spaniard, um, was just, you know, he's great to watch. He's highly emotional, of course. And, uh, you know, when he was, uh, touching his ear, uh, to generate even more crowd noise than was already being exhibited, uh, you know, he's a showman. So it was just really, really fun. You know, it felt like a star is born again. He already had a major U S open, uh, but you know, it's, uh, you know, this is next level when you win Wimbledon, uh, that's the prize for sure. And it brought back a lot of memories for me. Uh, you know, I've been to Wimbledon, not for a match, but I was literally there the week following, uh, the final in 2014, literally arrived in London the day of the Wimbledon final, uh, unfortunately you can all relate. My flight was ridiculously late, which eliminated any possibility of, uh, you know, getting over to Wimbledon for the potential final that Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget it. And, uh, but you know, I was there, went to a great, uh, establishment to watch the match, uh, that day. And then, you know, I was in downtown London, literally Trafalgar square, watching the Wimbledon final just a few miles down the road in a suburb, in a spectacular suburb, by the way. So a few days later, uh, you know, took the tube, the subway, as they call it, out to uh, Wimbledon and, uh, you know, had lunch out there, spent a couple hours. You can almost still feel the, you know, the excitement from just a few days previous and just really walked all around, uh, you know, the grand edifice and it was just spectacular to see it, which had occurred a few days earlier on match day, but wasn't meant to be. So I did the next best thing. And so it was just a, a, a wonderful memory, just, uh, watching the fans and whatnot and just the usual, uh, great pictures and video shot in and around Wimbledon. And again, just a spectacular suburb uh, of London, to say the least, uh, as you would expect. And it just ushers in, you know, Europe being the center of the sports world here in the month of July. They just own uh, this month when you really come to right down to it uh, on that very same trip, uh, literally the day after the Wimbledon final, we were up at Buckingham Palace and, and a one in a million uh, chance uh, they had the Tour de France in England. You heard that right. Tour de France was actually occurring in England. It was the earliest stage, I believe. And they literally finished the day. They started out in one of the suburbs outside London and 
all the riders came through uh, and finished up the day at Buckingham Palace, which was walking distance from the hotel. And uh, and so we, we got to see, you know, the Tour de France in England, need I say more. So it was quite a week. Um, and that was a real bonus. It, I think it was maybe the second time ever it had occurred where the Tour de France, and now they kind of do it at various uh, locations, often outside of France. But uh, I think it was the second ever that they had held even a stage um, in England. So that was really cool. And, uh, and this was, again, July of 2014. And now what do we have coming up this Thursday? And obviously, they'll be on the course today. But the Open, as in the British Open, starts on Thursday. Lots of excitement, as you would well imagine. And uh, it's at Royal Liverpool uh, this year, the home of the Beatles. And uh, it was just, it's just going to be great. There's just nothing quite like it, uh, you know, going on in the morning. You know, you, you, you wake up to, uh, you know, to golf. It's already well underway by the time we get up here on the east coast of the USA. And uh, so really looking forward to that. And uh, I'll be talking about that later in the show. Uh, and what my thoughts are on the Open. Leads into my bizarre story of the week, which was Steph Curry becoming the first active athlete in what feels like forever, 20 years or something, to win the American Century Golf Tournament in lovely Lake Tahoe. Uh, he drained a long putt to put it away on the 18th, and his reaction was simply priceless. He turned around uh, in, in his trademark fashion of when he drains a three uh, as an NBA champion, four-time NBA champion, and... Uh, and before the three goes through the net, he's turned and is heading back down the court. He did the exact same thing yesterday as the putt was about to drop in. He knew it was going in, turned around, went over, hugged his wife, his father, his son. Great, great theater. So you can add another championship to uh, Steph Curry. And uh, the, the setting there is one of my favorites in all of golf every year. And you have a lot of sports stars out there, current and former. Uh, so it's always been great. I've been out there, too. Uh, I drove through a blizzard uh, in, uh, to get to Lake Tahoe one time. That was unforgettable. Uh, but I did made it, make it. And for any fans of Godfather 2 and Bonanza, uh, Y'all know how beautiful it is. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, but it was just great to see uh, Steph again. Uh, who doesn't love Steph Curry, right? And just great to see him, you know, because he takes his golf. He's very good. He takes it very seriously. And he is, uh, he, he was just thrilled as if he had just won an NBA championship. And finally, my low light of the week is the situation at Northwestern University, the uh, highly 
regarded academic school, of course, out uh, near Chicago in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald was uh, let go, resigned, who knows, um, no longer with the program due to a uh, scandal that just emerged, uh, you know, recently and on hazing and just really surprising. Pat Fitzgerald was a player there, coach for, I believe, maybe 17 years or maybe his overall association is 17 years, whatever. He's taken Northwestern to some new heights. And uh, I, I think the college football world was really, really taken aback by this one um, and with good reason. Um, and then lo and behold, I think they let the baseball coach go for uh, other reasons, uh, you know, late last week. So not, not a good week for Northwestern University. Um, but now let's take our break. And next up is our and next up will be many other topics to discuss from the baseball all-star game and home run derby right through to, uh, as I said earlier, the open over at Liverpool. And we'll get to all of that on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And as promised, I wanted to talk a little more British Open Golf Tournament. Uh, Rory McIlroy, this one's all about Roy for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, he beat a Scotsman to win the Scottish Open yesterday in a stiff wind. No surprise there uh, in Scotland. So I would say he's ready to defend the Open at the, not last year's Open, but the Open that he last won, which was, of course, at Royal Liverpool in 2014. And that Saturday, he had one of the rounds of his life, ran up to a big lead, a big 54-hole lead. But uh, just like I said about uh, being in the London area for uh, around the time of Wimbledon and Tour de France, I was also in Ireland, so on that famous Saturday, day three, moving day, at that British Open in 2014, I was in downtown Dublin and had plans for the evening at the theater and went in beforehand to an establishment uh, in Temple Bar, famous if you know it, that's where all the famous Irish musicians such as you two uh, got their start, and uh, and this establishment was one of the great sports bar scenes I've ever in, come across in my entire life, because Rory was on fire and was just birdieing everything to jump to a practically insurmountable lead, and I'm in Dublin, and the place was just going crazy. Uh, and what set it apart from everything, of course, uh, before or since is that it was golf. You know, we're not talking Super Bowl here. We're talking, you know, for fan enthusiasm, shall we say, and who loves golf more than, uh, people in the UK, namely British and Irish. And the place was just absolutely electric. I don't think I've ever heard, you know, roars inside of establishment watching on TV at a sports bar in Dub Dublin, uh, more energy for a golf tournament. And I don't think I ever will. 
uh, was just uh, the confluence of, you know, the, the perfect set of events. Rory has one of the biggest days as a professional golfer ever to run out to the big lead. And, uh, and I happened to be in downtown Dublin for this. So it was just uh, truly, truly unforgettable. So now here comes Rory again. Uh, first time back to Royal Liverpool for the Open since nine years ago in 2014. Coming off a win uh, uh, over in Scotland yesterday where, again, he drained two long putts to win it, so he won in dramatic fashion. He was clearly excited. Uh, he's been on a quest to win. I'm not sure. I think maybe Royal Liverpool 2014 was his last major victory. He has everyone but the, but the Masters for the Grand Slam. He's won, you know, the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Open Open. And so he is news conference and whatnot following his win in Scotland yesterday was great stuff. Uh, he was clearly excited last year. He was right there at the end of the open and, uh, you know, couldn't quite get it done. And he's been in a crazy amount of top 10 finishes in majors uh, over the years, but specifically since he last won. So he is very, very thirsty, uh, for his next major. And you have to think it's, uh, you know, there's nowhere he'd rather be going for the, for the next major, uh, than Liverpool and all the memories that's going to bring back to him. Um, and you have to know that of course, being from Northern Ireland, winning the open was a dream of his, and uh, and he got it done in Liverpool. So he's going to come in with some good, good mojo with that course, uh, whatever conditions may occur. We all know the Open Austin has conditions, uh, weather that is. And so he's going to come in, you know, uh, expecting big things from himself. And uh, And again, what could be a better... A uh, better scenario than him coming off uh, a win yesterday in dramatic fashion, as I said, as well as uh, his w winning at Royal Liverpool, winning the Open, which is exactly where it's going to be uh, starting Thursday. So, again, there's just nothing like it, um, you know, where you just, again, wake up in the morning, uh, especially on Sunday, but Thursday, Friday and Saturday as well, obviously. And probably today, you could probably find some uh, some golfers out there practicing as we speak. Uh, if it's not nightfall over there already, not quite. Um, one thing I've learned about being in Europe this time of year, it stays light late till like 10 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, of course, to me, the one I'll never forget. And there's been so many unforgettable ones uh, was when Tom Watson <clears throat> was looking to win it, uh, literally was down to the final hole or two, uh, and was going to become the oldest player ever to win a major. I think he was well into his fifties. I think he was going to be the first ever in his fifties, maybe to win a major. Uh, as we know, since then, Phil Mickelson got it done down in Kiowa, but 
that was a magical, magical Sunday morning until the very end when uh, Tom Watson hit his only bad shot of the day. Uh, but it was sports history at truly the highest level that morning. Uh, and it's the one, you, you, you know, that I'll always remember. I think everybody in the world was <laughs> literally in the world. Certainly everybody over age 50 was rooting for him to win. Uh, Stuart Sink ultimately took advantage of, of the final hole or two where Tom Watson Finally, he showed some vulner- vulnerability, and then uh, and even Stuart Sink acknowledged that uh, you know it was kind of him him against the world that day, um, and you know so again that that I believe just set the standard uh, for what the Open can be on a Sunday morning. I think it, go- it typically goes, and that one certainly did to one two in the afternoon. Um, Eastern time here in the USA. And, you know, we all know that, uh, it's famous for, of course, the crowds, uh, when they get to the 18th and the final group of golfers, uh, you know, are coming up the fairway, they let the crowd, uh, form behind them. And basically as a human wall moving behind the final pairing, uh, at the open. And there's really just nothing quite like it, uh, and we all have memories of various things there, uh, namely Tiger Woods breaking down uh, when it was obvious he was going to win it with, uh, you know, with his father having passed recently prior to that. And uh, just so many memories, to say the least. They just go on and on. And speaking of a memory, I mean, you know, when Rory and Rory was right there, Recently, um, you know, going against Cam Smith uh, and couldn't quite get it done. And I'm sure that's still sticking with him uh, and gives him just, you know, more incentive. So wrap it all up. And we are talking uh, Rory McIlroy, now a veteran. So a little bit hard to believe. Uh, And, you know, with seemingly, you know, everything just in perfect position for him to, uh, you know, come in and get it done this week. We shall see. There's no givens in golf as we, other than maybe a two inch putt. Um, but we shall see. And, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Can't wait. One of my favorite weeks of the year and, uh, going to be some fun mornings here in the East coast of America watching the open. So now let's take our break. Next up, still have a lot more to get to. Everything from football to baseball. Oh, yeah, we're talking football again. It's July. Training camps are right around the corner. And there's a lot to chew on suddenly with football. And, of course, uh, baseball into the second half. Uh, Home run derby, all-star game. Uh, Good takes, both of them. And we'll get to that on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Prepare for a thrilling Cape Buffalo hunt, being surrounded by a pride of lions, a close encounter with a grizzly bear, and so much more. As renowned outdoorsman, biologist, award-winning conservation journalist, and adrenaline junkie Chris Dorsey of Sporting Classics TV joins Jim and Trav this week on The Revolution. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice of America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show Voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show Call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And as previously mentioned, I'm going to talk a little baseball here, starting with the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Uh, Since I spent some time down in the Tampa Bay area, I'm very tuned in to the Rays, and specifically Randy Arozarena. Uh, this year they've added Randy land out in left field, which has become a massive, massive hit. And Randy has become, you know, uh, somewhat of a different guy. His personality has been showing through this year as it did at the home run derby. And he just looked great. Uh, you know, made the final against Vlad Guerrero jr. And, uh, and, you know, come up with a seemingly 
great opportunity to get more home runs than Vlad had. Uh, so he was the last man up, so to speak. And I think everybody, certainly I did, and most observers thought he was going to pull it off. He got, as the clock wound down, he uh, got within striking distance. And then, rather shockingly to me, he just couldn't get it done. Uh, those final few pitches, he uh, didn't hit any of them out. And I think he was just down a couple. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was a bit of a, it was stressful, that's for sure, uh, to put it mildly. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of got pretty much just uh, got away from him literally in the final minute to 30 seconds. But it was great. And Vlad uh, Jr. was a great, great champion as well. Uh, but Randy certainly served him, uh, served the Tampa Bay, Rays, the city, and all their fans very well representing them. And he couldn't have been more gracious again, smiling more that evening than I think we've ever seen uh, from him on any particular evening. And we all remember when he just burst into prominence uh, in the COVID era, 2020 uh, postseason out in those games in San Diego um, especially where he was just on fire. I mean, he just was like dominant as the Rays, you know, made it to the World Series and lost to the Dodgers. But it was during the games uh, previous to the World Series, which was in Texas, I remember that year, I think in a brand new stadium then. Uh, but in those games in San Diego, he was just dominant. And that's how he introduced himself to the baseball world. And uh, again, I, I uh, can't overstate how popular a player he's become down there in Tampa. And, uh, you know, been to a couple of Rays games uh, early in the season when they were setting records with that hot start of theirs. Went to the 13th win in a row against the Red Sox at the Trop. And uh, it was really cool, to say the least. And, uh, and then they just, again, added in uh, a couple sections in left field, call it Randy Land, uh, and he has embraced it. The fans have embraced it, and it has really, really turned into a fun, fun thing. Uh, and in fact, you, you know, just a, a marketing promotion that I wouldn't be shocked if it continues at the pace it's been going, if it's like, uh, you know, if there is such a thing, you, you know, the marketing idea of the year. Uh, in Major League Baseball, if not all of sports. It's really unique. It's really different. And uh, again, it's a thing down there. It's on constant, constant references to it on uh, Sports Talk Radio in Tampa. And uh, and yeah, so it's just uh, really elevated. As we all know, the Rays have struggled in the past with attendance. Uh, but this team, from the get-go... And that opening game, opening season winning streak has really captured the attention down there. And, uh, you know, you, you mix in the Randy Rose Arena, Randy Land promotion, and it just feels like it's uh, taken baseball in Tampa Bay to, to new heights. 
um, which is especially important because, uh, as we all know, they've struggled with attendance, but just as importantly, they are now uh, seemingly competing with the city of Tampa as to who's going to, where the Rays are going to end up. Uh, you know, I, there, there's proposals out there on both sides of the bay. One side of the bay is St. Pete, which is where Tropicana Field is located. Uh, and the other side of the bay, of course, is Tampa, as in Tampa Bay. And there's, uh, Tampa Bay's going hard after them, and uh, St. Pete's competing hard to keep them. So it is going to be some uh, fascinating stuff to watch. And, of course, nothing uh, puts the team in a stronger position than being good. Uh, you know, from the opening pitch this year, it's uh, just felt like World Series or bust, as in World Championship or bust. <clears throat> you know, the Rays have been in. They're perennially, perennially a good team. They have great pitching. They just prayed out these relievers all throwing 98 miles an hour like it's nothing. And uh, But this year, what set them apart, uh, as opposed to previous years and last, last year's woeful offensive performance in the postseason, I think it was over and done with in two games. Uh, you know. Uh, this year, they've really found their offense. Uh, you know, we're just pounding the ball with home runs, also record-setting, as well as their win-loss record. Um, so, bottom line, they're, unmistakably, they were the story of baseball, and still are. But in the opening month or so, they were far and away the story in baseball, and. Uh, They've got everybody's eyes now and everybody's respect. They're a great team, great organization. They do more with less, meaning less money than any team in baseball. Uh, they get to the postseason consistently. Uh, got to the World Series, as I said, in 2020. And now it's just feeling like, you know, if ever there was a raised team up to now ready to take that next and final step, it is these Rays. But in the same light, baseball can be very, very unpredictable uh, in the playoffs, uh, i.e. last year's Phillies, for instance. Um, on and on we go. Uh, it's an endless parade of, you know, uh, surprises uh, in the postseason in baseball. So it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, and then we had the All-Star game, of course, the next night. That was great. Uh, it was it's still, in my mind, you know, the best all-star game of all the four major sports. And, you know, it's it relies on tradition. They brought out Ken Griffey Jr., uh, among others. Uh, so it's always a walk down memory lane. Edgar Martinez, uh, so the famous Mariners, was out in Seattle, and uh, obviously. And, uh, and the Seattle fans were chanting. Shohei for Shohei Otani, uh, the breakout star of this year's baseball season, to put it mildly, in in recent seasons. I think he's in like a sixth season, hard to believe. You know, he's arguably the best pitcher in the game. He's more than arguably the best hitter in the game. Uh, he's doing things we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. 
And so I think the fans were chanting, you know, come to Seattle, which was just awesome. Um, you know, he's from Japan, obviously. And, you know, the closest big league city to Japan is obviously Seattle. Uh, goes without saying, everybody thinks he's definitely going to stay West Coast. That means Dodgers. Uh, he's with, obviously, the Angels right now in the L.A. area, Anaheim. And uh, so it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but I wouldn't rule Seattle, Seattle out. Great, great sports city, as we all know. And uh, so I think it's really going to be worth watching. And Seattle fans, you know, had that one shot to uh, make their thoughts known. And they took advantage of it. And it was really cool uh, to watch. So that that is, again, the uh, the story of the year as far as uh, what will his future be because uh, he is just such a dominant player simply doing things most of us have never seen in our lifetime period um, and it's going to be uh, you know so just enjoy the ride and the Angels were looking good for a while there like they might finally make it to the postseason what have you and uh, but now they've faltered. There's been injuries, that type of thing. And, uh, they seem a little snake bitten. Uh, and Shohei is flat out declared, declared, no surprise. He'd like to play for a winner. And, uh, so that is going to be, uh, one of the big storylines of the second half. Of course, we're right up against the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. So will the angels dare trade him? Uh, and maybe get not something back, a lot back. Uh, I, I would think a ridiculous amount back. Or, you know, but they will be, they could be the team that traded Shohei. No different than the Red Sox selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees. We all know how that turned out. Um, so, or will they just let him walk and get nothing? I mean, it's a really, really, or, or will they offer him the sun, the sky, and the moon, but it may not be enough because, again, He's expressed that he wants to play for a winner. And uh, so there you go. So that is going to be fun to watch uh, in the second half off the field by far and away. The biggest story, to say the least. So it's time for a break and our final break of the show. So stick around. Still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end? Or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? 
Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And to get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Open in Liverpool starting Thursday morning, uh, USA Eastern Time. And we'll run for obviously like they all do for the next four days after that. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday will be the crown jewel, uh, to say the least, for the final day of the Open. Uh, as I discussed at length in the second segment, uh, Rory McIlroy, who won yesterday in Scotland, the Scottish Open, uh, and won at Royal Liverpool, the very same golf course they're at this week. Uh, he won there in 2014, and so he is, uh, it's all about Rory all week long, uh, as what has to be considered, as, as golf goes, uh, really a pretty heavy favorite, obviously. So... Moving along, we talked baseball last segment. Now it's time to finally get into some football. Training camps are basically upon us. And to me, the big story is one of my all-time favorite players, uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, unless I've missed something in the past hour or so, uh, they have until 4 o'clock today, the Giants and Saquon, to get uh, a long-term deal done. I think they, they, we all know they signed Daniel Jones, the quarterback to a long-term contract. And I believe they put the franchise tag on Saquon, who has been steadfast in wanting a new deal. Hasn't reported to any of the OTAs, nothing up to now. So there appears to be a stalemate. And that's the, what I was hearing this morning on the various shows. And, uh, Saquon, we all know he had the terrible, terrible knee injury. It took him a couple of years to get back to form, but he got back to form last year in a big way with the old Saquon, the Saquon that we all remember from Penn State um, and his uh, rookie year with the Giants. And we all know running backs these days seem to be devalued. Uh, just ask Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> um, Josh Jacobs in a similar situation with the Raiders and 
Zeke still appears to be looking for a team. Uh, and so Saquon, I, I, I just, you know, they're a different team. They, after some really bad years, when Saquon, uh, you know, got back on top of his game last year, lo and behold, the Giants made the playoffs. Not a coincidence. And most importantly, just as importantly, Daniel Jones had his best year, career year. Uh, and, of course, that undoubtedly goes hand-in-hand hand with Saquon having a big year. The ultimate security blanket of any quarterback is a great running game, and Saquon certainly provided that last year. Um, plus, he's a leader. Um, again, you know, as, as all my listeners know, I'm a huge fan. I grew up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium in Penn State, so... Saquon's one of the all-time greats from Whitehall, Pennsylvania, section of Allentown. Um, spent a lot of time in Allentown, so really have, uh, you know, learned a lot about Saquon's high school career out that way. And, uh, and you know, what he did for Penn State will, will never be forgotten. Just, again, one of the all-time greats. And... Uh, uh, for the Nittany Lions. So it's just going to be uh, fascinating to watch uh, what happens here in the next few hours. And if nothing happens, and again, the reporting this morning was they were at a stalemate. Nobody seemed to expect, and we're talking to Adam Schefter here from ESPN. Uh, so as good a source as there is out there, basically saying there's Nothing really expected to happen today. So what exactly happens at 4 o'clock when the deadline passes, I'm not really sure. It seems to me he's, uh, if I'm correct, that he has the franchise tag, then, you, you know, uh, I don't know where they go from there. But uh, if they don't sign by 4 o'clock, we're all going to find out. That's for sure. Um, and, yeah, the whole running back thing is just uh, fascinating to watch. Like I said earlier, a few big names out there. You know, Josh Jacobs in a very similar situation to Saquon and other big-name running backs out there as well. And speaking of big-name NFL players, DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Tennessee Titans. Um, so big news. I think that was last night or this morning. And uh, so it'll be fascinating to watch him in Tennessee. Not sure what, you know, Ryan Tannehill uh, is still the quarterback, had some good years. Last year was not his best year by any means. Um, and clearly they seem to make the best offer. Um, and he went with the offer uh, up here in Boston. There was a lot of chatter uh, of him going to the Patriots. He did have a visit out here. And uh, let's not forget that Bill O'Brien, the new offensive coordinator for the Patriots, was the head coach of the Houston Texans, where uh, DeAndre Hopkins made his name before going on to the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, you know, there was uh, a fair amount of excitement that he might be coming to New England. Uh, there seemed to be a need with, you know, uh, Mac Jones. Uh, another Jones uh, after the great rookie season, then uh, not having a good second season. We all know the offensive coordinator situation in New England last year, which uh, quite likely compare, you know, 
uh, impacted that situation uh, and uh, partially uh, responsible for Mac Jones's decline. So uh, people in New England are excited for uh, Mac Jones working with Bill O'Brien and just Bill O'Brien being back on the scene. He's a native New Englander and we all remember him uh, and the success he had in his previous stint with New England. And let's not forget when he was coach of the Texans, they were making the playoffs with J.J. Watt and the like. So uh, interesting, though, but he, he went with the Titans. And, of course, everybody up here in New England is saying that, you know, Mac Jones needs uh, his best friend as a young quarterback could be a, a star wide receiver. So a lot of people were hoping, probably some assuming they were going to, the Patriots were going to sign him, but didn't happen. And uh, so they'll just have to move on and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But great to be up here in New England where uh, excitement is running high with training camp literally right around the corner. And, uh, and just a lot of interest. You know, when you win six Super Bowls, there's a lot of interest around your franchise. The, the Patriots are now... Uh, an embedded brand, to put it mildly. Their defense is looking good. Uh, Matthew Judon has turned into an absolute star and a leader. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of excitement. They're going to be on the field before you know it here in a matter of days. And uh, and here we go. Here we go with uh, NFL football. And should be fun to watch. So, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.